there you know what my favorite part of uh last uh last episode was was when jared sneezed and on the recording it it literally sounded like a mouse it was just like you could <laughs> barely hear it and then and then and then jeremy talked about how it was like freaking loud sasquatch sneeze and it was like on the recording it was like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like our, maybe our editor like uh like purposely like lessen the sound on that. I'm guessing he <laughs> I'm guessing he cut it down a little bit and I also got as far away from my mic as I could while still wearing these headphones. Uh, yeah. So considerate. Yeah. So uh so we need to apologize everyone. So our audio in the last one was not quite up to our normal par. And one hundred percent of that can be blamed on Jeff's clickety clackety. Oh, yeah. Well, Oklahoma, that. No. But Jeff's clickety clackety I mean, keyboard is overriding, no. and it's it's putting too much info in his computer. His computer can't keep up, and so his audio was messed up. It was my fault, but it was because I had everything plugged into a, a USB thing what do you whatever you call them it, it's like plugs into the computer and then it has like five usb ports on it so i had like my mic my keyboard my inverter and my camera all plugged into that deal and it just it couldn't handle all the the data transfer so the audio was shitty but i thought you were smart my bad well i am now like i'm smarter now because because i made that mistake right I mean that's that's a positive sure. way to look at it, you know. It's fair. That's I how I that's live my life, man. One mistake at a time. As many mistakes. At more, a time as I can okay, possibly. so the more mistakes you make, yeah. the more opportunities to learn. Yeah, yeah, dude. So does that at that point does that make you a smart person or a dumb person? Because if you just keep making mistakes, then you're not smart, right? At some point, a smart person stops making those mistakes. Could be both. You don't make the same ones over and over again. You just look for new ones to make all the time. Mm. Oh, so that sounds like I'm shooting. Like a, I'm like a mistake collector. I'd buy that. Yeah. Okay, so speaking we'll of, of learning from mistakes, how is the uh, how is the app coming? Oh yeah, dude. It is an adventure, man. I'm making some good progress, but my just lack of experience in, in the space of database structure and like how relational databases work is uh, slowing me down a bit. You know, thankfully I have a little bit of experience because I have a GIS degree, so I have messed with databases. Wait, you have a just, degree? Yeah, I have a degree. Is it so, like from a college? Yeah, Easy Credit University. In Oklahoma? In Ada. It's homeschooled. Is it the same college that Tiger King went to? I don't think Tiger King went to college. To be fair. No, I went to ECU. East Central University or Easy Credit University. Whatever you want to call it. But I went there and I got a good degree that they don't have the program anymore. But anyway, you're a sidetrack. <laughs> what the hell? 
I do have some uh, experience in, in database or what databases are, but not so much like database design, database structure, relational databases. So I am learning a lot on how to structure all the information that this app needs to hold and collect and store. So yeah, dude, it has been fun, fun. I have spent a lot of hours on it so far. I look forward to that. I, I'm glad you know a little bit about because I know absolutely zero about any of that. Um, nor is that something that I really want to know about. But I think it'll be cool once you get it done. Yeah, dude, it's going to be extremely useful. Game changer. It's going to be very useful. Yeah. So am I am I getting it right that it's like it's a... It's a dry fire app, but it's also kind of like a dry fire slash workout app. So it's like incorporating dry firing and working out. Well, it's, it is like, is like a workout app. Um, like if you know what the strong app is, like if you go to the app store and search strong, there's an app. Uh, the icon is a little dumbbell. Okay. So if you go look at that app, that is what this is designed after that's what i'm going for except instead of workout like bench press and deadlifts and all that instead of like workout movements it's just dry fire movements or or live fire like it'll probably go to that too um so yeah it's just a way to like i'm gonna train you know lateral movement four foot or medium lateral movements and i'm gonna train surrender draws and i'm gonna train um, you know, 45 degree transitions, whatever. So you pick those three skills and then you add them to a workout and then you pick the number of reps that you want to do, or you can switch it to time and say, I trained this for five minutes, you know? And then when you're done, you just, uh, click it off as done and it logs it, throws it in a database. And then you can look back and you can see all the dry fire workouts that you did, uh, and how many you did. And, uh, how long they were, what skills you trained, all that. So it's just a way to track and uh, track progress, keep track of what you're working on. And then uh, hopefully I'll have like a calendar in there to where you can actually schedule dry fire workouts. Um, so you just have, have your stuff planned out. You don't have to design a workout every time kind of deal. So is it going to have any like prescribed systems so that like it gives you like a say a month long deal and it'll kind of it like you don't go pick it just tells you you're going to do this and it kind of waits it'd be a system that kind of waits what's a gm like you thinks is more important so you you may you may do more reloads movement moving reloads than you do say weekend uh transfers or something like that uh you're going to have like any systems like that in it I don't, it's not going to have any like smart stuff like that, like, like weighted. I don't know. I guess it could potentially whatever, but, uh, I have a lot of ideas as far as stuff I want to implement as far as, uh, like training programs, uh, kind of deal. But like the first, the first release, the first rollout is like just purely going to be, you can build a workout and you can log it 
and you can assign it time or you can assign it rep sets uh, scheme. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm going for right now. And that is challenging enough. So when I get that done, then I'll start probably building on some other ideas. I've got a notebook of like all these cool ideas I'd like to implement, but. So yeah. when can we expect so. to have the first release date? Hmm, man, that's a really great question. If you'd asked me like two days ago, I would yeah. have said by the end of the year. Um, now, now <laughs> I'm not so sure. After the last couple of days of fumbling around and database stuff, but tomorrow I'm is officially it's not like first. So, yeah, I, I haven't hit a wall yet. You know, I'm still learning new stuff every time I work on it, but it is, uh, it's slow. Like, yeah, it's just slow right now. Trudging away, trying to get the next little thing to work. But it's fun. I'm enjoying it. Well, cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I think that'll be pretty neat um, and cool to see. Uh, Yeah, and I've had a couple of people contact me wanting to uh test it out when i get something going so that's good i want some feedback especially on the the library of like skills to train i feel like the library i have is not very good uh it's not something i spent a ton of time on but for the prototype or the the first edition or whatever why don't you just have a basic library of like basics and build out from there yeah, I mean, I've already got the library. What, what I'm gonna kick out? So, and I mean, it's it's like I don't even know how many entries are in it. It's probably forty or fifty different things in there. Um, but you know, some of them are redundant. Some of them are just like that's stupid. Like, why would you even put that in there? Kind of deal. But that's that's what I'll want people to test and be like yeah i don't ever see myself training that but you should have this in there you know why don't you have this um but then you'll also have the ability to add your own skills like if you if you don't see something in there you could just add it and train it Uh, so that'll be a nice feature oh yeah that'd be cool i like it it's gonna be good uh what are you boys drinking tonight jeff do you have eggnog in that thing no, I drank like three margaritas at dinner time, so I'm drinking water. <laughs> you you had three margaritas? I'm surprised you can even sit in a chair. I am switching it up tonight to a hometown beer. Oh. Boulevard Wheat. Is that an nice. IPA? No, it's a wheat beer. That's why it's called Boulevard Wheat. I don't know anything about beer. <laughs> Like if it ain't bourbon, I, like I don't know. I don't know like anything about it. I would have drank. Good. I would have drank bourbon, but my office bottle is you know out. Mm. Mm. Why do you only have one bottle in there? I don't. I'm confused. Because the rest of it's in the kitchen. Mm. Fair. I keep That's- a I keep a bottle in my office so that when I want a glass, when I'm at my desk. Should we clarify that this is his office at home and not his actual work <laughs> office? 
<laughs> or no, should we or should we not, not clarify that? <laughs> That's probably a good clarification. I, I do not drink at work now. <laughs> I stick with coffee at the office. Do you ever put do you drink just black coffee or do you put like creamer in it? It depends. Uh I go about I don't normally put creamer in my coffee at all. Uh sometimes I'll put a little milk in it or skim milk. So uh, I got something for you to try. I don't know if your grocery store will have this or not, but Buffalo Trace makes it and there's some other ones that make it, but they oh, make yeah, I a, put I put Buffalo Trace in my coffee sometimes on the weekends. Okay, well this so Buffalo Trace makes a cream bourbon. So oh. it's like a, a cream liqueur, but it's bourbon. Um and it's like it's great on like ice cream or I mean you can drink it straight, uh or it's great on ice cream or in desserts, or some people love to put it like in coffee and use it instead of creamer. They use that. Um, so it'd be kind of good, good to try if you like coffee. Yeah. I drink a lot of coffee, but it's about 50 50. Sometimes uh, I'll put a little sugar or honey in it, and other times it'll just be black. It kind of depends on how good the coffee is. Like at work, it's coming out of a Keurig, I put a little sugar in it. Have you ever snuck some uh, bourbon into the coffee at work? No, no, I, no. I, I am, I am fond of, you know, living indoors, especially as winter approaches. So I, I would prefer <laughs> to be able to continue paying my mortgage. Dude, there was a guy that was hired at my work a couple of years ago. He got fired pretty quick, but <laughs> he, uh, dude, I think like he was constantly drinking. It was like what everybody's theory is. I mean, every time I saw him outside of work, he was plastered. Um, and then people started thinking, like, he's always drinking out of that freaking mug. And, like, he'll be in your office, like, working, and then he'll have to, like, leave and go fill up his mug, his uh, thermos. And uh, then there was rumors of him, like, <laughs> I can't even say it. There was rumors of him, like, uh, like, Soaking cotton balls in, in alcohol and stuff them up his butt at work and stuff. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, there was there was uh, there was lots of rumors about the guy after he left for sure. Very amusing. It sounds oh, like he, he was might... he was he was from up by you, uh, Jared. He was from yeah. So there's a reason he went to Oklahoma. I yeah, I think he was from Wichita. <laughs> Wichita is closer to you than it is to me. It's three hours away. It's probably something like that from me. Three or four. But it sounds like this uh, guy might have had a drinking problem. Maybe. Maybe. But I did enjoy talking to him. We had a good conversation. Of course you did. Any sort of <laughs> weird, crazy personality. Jeff was like, I want to go talk to that person and be their friend. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> and maybe and maybe that's why Jeff wants to <laughs> wants to road trip with me to matches because he feels like he can get a weird conversation in. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Could be. Have you have you guys started to think about uh, what matches you're going to shoot next year? Uh, so I've got Bighorn in April. Um, so that and then single stack nationals, which. I don't think they've opened re- – have they opened registration for that yet? I haven't seen it. I hope not. I've just decided that from now on I refuse to register for matches that open before the new year. 
My, unless it's like right after the new year, for instance, Caribbean Open. But I'm not, if it's next spring or summer and it opens before the first of the year, I'm not shooting it. That seems very silly and arbitrary. Uh, no, it <laughs> seems it seems really dumb to be trying to make plans six months out when we have zero idea of what like components and stuff are going to look like next year. And none of the other matches yeah. are posted yet. I mean, like, the match directors need to be able to make plans like, hey, am I going to be able to fill a match? I mean, six months out does not seem, that does not seem unreasonable at, me, to, at all to me, but. I think it's a little too early. Six months? Yeah. I think two to three months out is probably a little six more months? appropriate. Two, two to three months? Bro, like, people got to be able to get time off from, like, for work and vacation, like, two months I out? Yeah, I do too. I have to put my okay. You time work. In. You work for a gun company that sponsors the sport. Let's not even talk about asking off. Like that, you need to ask off for stuff. Uh, I had yeah, to put, I had to put them on the company calendar. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think too. I think you're off your hinges if you think that matches should just announce their match two months out. Uh, that's that's ridiculous. I do also generally find it a little bit annoying when like every match opens at like 7 a.m. on the first. Yeah. Why? I think they should open two weeks out. Why do I just why do like, I, like nothing's on the calendar until it, like you can't put it on practice score until it's two weeks away. Yeah. You just got to like sit there at your computer and watch to see if matches are going to open up. You're like, Oh shit, there it is. I'm not, I'm not that extreme, That's, but that for, sounds reasonable, but it, it is. I do think it's a. It's a little annoying when they're like super early before any other stuff opens up in your area, and then it's also it's a little annoying when everything opens like the first week of January, because it feels like you just got through like winter and Christmas, and then it's like boom, I need to spend like fifteen hundred dollars on match entries. This Wait, week. okay. He just he just complained about that. I won't I won't sign up for anything unless it opens after the first of the year. But then if it but if it does open right at the first of the year, then I'm gonna be pissed about that too. Exactly. Glad you're catching on. Okay, Man. so just so that so, list all the listeners know also the, the Hit Factor podcast is not endorsed what Jared's saying, and I'm gonna guess that Jeff thinks what Jared's saying is as dumb as I think what Jeff's saying Jared's saying. So I do appreciate the matches that open later in the year, like opening a little bit later also. So when they uh, like our state match is always in October. It opens around uh, like August first or something, which I find much more convenient. Not being open massively early, but uh, opening. What what difference does it make? I'm just curious. I don't understand. I hate spending like fifteen hundred dollars like January first. It's annoying. I'm sure it sucks for most people. When like everything opens. Card. You still but have to if you, pay I mean, that. it sounds like you kind of know that it's coming up. That hey, I'm gonna have to spend this. Like, uh-huh. so yeah. just it's, save up a little every month so that you already have the fifteen hundred dollars right there to sign yeah. up. Yeah, Jared, I'm there. I'm gonna save your I'm gonna save your your mental health right here. Okay, every year around Christmas time. Go find you a new credit card that'll give you 15 to 18 months, 0%, okay? Beginning of the year, <laughs> put, all your, put all your match fees on it. And boom, you got a, the whole year to pay your match fees off, zero interest. 
That that seems like a terrible financial plan. I'm just going to point that out. Actually, I mean, if you got 0% interest, that's not a terrible idea. Per, yeah, but personally, during the year, I just have a set amount of my paycheck that goes in a separate account that pays for shooting expenses. But either way, it's still annoying, and I would prefer stuff be broken up a little bit more throughout the year. Did you hear that, match directors? You all need to coordinate. <laughs> Right. So that you can spread stuff out to be more convenient for Sasquatch. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying. Open, open registration in spurts throughout the year. Just like. Exactly couple. 75 days before first shots fired at the match. I'm going to also say that uh, I've been shooting this sport for over a decade now. And I have not experienced this massive glut of I have to pay for $1,500 to $2,000 worth of match fees on January 1st. Um, so, like, I just haven't. That has not been something that's been an issue for me. You don't shoot 15 matches a year. Well, that's true. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, the part of that is like Sasquatch. If you're going to shoot 15 or 20 matches a year, you're just going to have to like expect that. I do. Uh, It doesn't mean I have to like it. (laughs) Sounds like my (laughs) three-year-old. Oh, man. Uh, Anyways. I I have started planning what I'm going to shoot next year. Obviously, Caribbean opens first because it's early in the year. And then I think I'm going to tone the matches down a little bit next year. So <laughs> going to shoot area three. You said, that, you said that last year. You said like those exact same things I, last year. I actually only have 10 matches on the calendar right now. I think. No. Right. Oh, yeah. You already have 10 matches? I'm 100% sure you did that exact same thing last year. Or this year. I'm trying, okay? I'm trying. Um, I'm only shooting one Nationals. Only shooting production Nationals. Uh, area 3, Area 4, and my state match, Iowa, uh, Nebraska, Kansas, and I think that's it. Oh, and then I, uh, if it happens, I've still got Pan American... Uh, on the calendar, but I kind of figure that one's not going to happen. But since I'm already paid and registered, I'm planning for it. Okay. Uh, so I did hear that, uh, if I heard right, Area 3 is going to be back in Grand Island. Did I'm not I hear sure. that rumor correctly? Uh, I, th- I think Matt is considering all options. I believe Hornaday would like to see it stay there because it's good for their community. So... I would not be surprised to see it back there, but I haven't actually directly asked Matt. Oh, okay. I don't I don't remember where I heard that from, but I felt like I heard that. But so I'd be I would actually be happy if it's back in Grand Island uh at a similar time of year just because like there's usually that's usually an open spot on the calendar. Um other than it being my anniversary weekend. But I think he's uh I think he's planning on keeping it near the same weekend. Nice. That's cool. That's good. I do, uh, I do think, just talking about like area match on a weekend, though, with only eight areas, can they not figure out a way to not have any of them overlap on the same weekend? No, that's that. So that actually is a bit of a, like that to me is a bit of an issue. I mean, I get like if you have an <coughs> area match in Maine and area match in Washington State, uh, like, you're not drawing a lot of the same shooters, but at the same time, there are some top shooters that like to shoot all the area matches. 
Um, again, I know where I'm an elitist howler monkey at this point, uh, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be an elitist, but uh, yeah, I, I think having a rule that area matches will not overlap that would seem to be reasonable. I think that's a reasonable request. Not and yeah, okay, you can cut, you can sound elitist or whatever, but I view it from the standpoint of it's better for the competitors in that area. The more out of town talent that comes in to shoot the match. Like the whole point of competing is to compete against the best people possible. Hmm. I Sounds mean, like an elitist I mean, to me. Yeah, I mean that's that's an elitist attitude. But I, oh, I, I, I agree. thought we kept score. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I think and, they do need and, to like that should be a requirement. I think for them to and I get it spread if, the area if matches you're, out. If you're, if you're planning your area match, you probably aren't thinking that far out, but you already consider like not overlapping it with a state match that's, you know, two or three hours away. I mean, the least you can do is like they can find eight separate weekends in the year. Yeah, that would seem like a pretty easy thing. Like first of the year, the BOD meeting, like, hey, when's your area match going to be? Since all the area directors are the match directors for those matches. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would seem like a pretty easy thing to, oh, hey, Area 3 still has uh, August 2nd, or the first weekend in August. Well, okay. Didn't didn't Area 2 overlap with Nationals last time it was in Florida? Mm, I don't I think it did. I think, I think it did, because I think some people were, like, flying back as soon as they finished Nationals to shoot the next day at Area 2. Um, it could have. Um, but that... Honestly, like I actually kind of put that on nationals because like area two has been set on the calendar basically like for forever. And that's Rio Salida's like, it's actually, it's the Rio Salida desert sportsman classic. Um, (laughs) more than it's like, it's that. And then they tag area two onto that match. Um, it's kind of like how the single stat classic was, was the single stat classic and then USPSA for I don't know 10 years tagged on USPSA Nationals on top of the single stat classic right um so to me that, so that's probably kind of how that worked I think you're I th- kind of think you're right that that did it because I think Nils yeah. left early to go back to shoot that match uh, and I, was, I was thinking somebody did it on super squad it was probably him yeah I think it was Nils yeah, wasn't uh, that the year that he just smoked everybody? In single stack, yeah. Yeah. Which it, I mean, I think it's uh, reasonable not to overlap area matches and nationals. Kind of like if you're an area match, don't overlap your local state matches either. Yeah, probably. Probably so. We could um, do better. We could do better planning all of this. Yeah, I mean, I'd be happy just let's let's just say, I mean, like there's more than f- Let's say there's, I mean, because there's not 52 viable weekends to shoot. Like you're, like you're not going to be having matches like December mm-hmm. through February for the most part. I know Western States Classic is in February, but for the most part, December through February, you've got basically 12 weekends that are pretty much out. So you've got what 35 weekends to play with. We have more than 35 major matches uh, to put on the schedule. So there's going to be yeah. overlap. Um, but yeah, well, you- at least, at least take the 
take your three national events. If there's three, whatever, however many national events they have, take those three and the eight area matches and say, none of these will overlap. That's pretty, that seems pretty mm-hmm. reasonable. Yeah. Because if you start doing that, then the, the state matches in the area will plan around their uh, majors. Like, obviously, we're four and a half hours, I think, from Grand Island. Like, we're not going to hold a section match here the same weekend. Like, it would hurt our attendance. And, okay, and so... Everywhere's going to do that if you have set weekends. Because area matches already plan around that stuff. But it's the same deal as you go higher up the levels. Like, keep if you get area matches separated out, then the state matches can work around them. It'll make it a lot easier for all competitors. Okay, how are they going to do that if they only schedule matches two months out? How are they going to make sure there's no overlap? No, no, no. Nationals and area matches will be scheduled way earlier. Oh. And, and the two months out was a joke. I just said open a little bit later. And, and he said open registration. He didn't say schedule. Yeah, that's true. I was being a little bit sarcastic. Just, okay. I just, I mean, I just checking, making sure, you know, got to keep you honest. No, that's that. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I am, I have Bighorn and single stack, and you should shoot Rocky Mountain 300. I'll have to see when it is on the schedule. Um, I'm thinking about Ozark's classic again. I don't know when that's going to be, but I haven't haven't heard anything on if it's going to happen. If it happens, I'll probably shoot it just because it's so close. It depends. (laughs) Wait, wait. Um, I'm pretty sure last year you said you were not going back to that match. It's two and a half hours away. It's hard not to shoot it. This is what Jared that puts you do. over ten. Then? This is what he's going to do every You're every right. year. Every year, I'm only <laughs> shooting freaking eight matches, ten matches, and then he's like, "Ah, oh, I'll probably shoot that one." Yeah. Oh, my buddies are going to that one. I'll probably shoot it. Fifteen matches oh, later. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like oh, it's only a hundred dollars, and I'm splitting the car with somebody else in the hotel with somebody else. I'll shoot it, and you're right. Before you know it, you're like fourteen or fifteen matches. Yep, yep. I mean, not me. I don't have that problem, <laughs> but you do. Oh I don't. I don't think I'll have that big of a problem. Like I don't have that many components. I have plenty of bullets for next year, but I do not have enough primers. I also have enough powder. But I only I think I only have like seventeen thousand primers right now. That's you got more than most people do. Um mm-hmm. so you're in you're in better shape than most people. I will say that like so I've been I've been watching more <laughs> I've been watching components more. Um powder is powder is available every day. Like there's there's something. Now it's not always pistol powder, but there is there's pistol powder, rifle powder, that, that stuff's coming in almost every day. And primer, <laughs> primers are showing up with some frequency on some of these websites. Now it's not it's not necessarily pistol primers that are showing up all the time. It's who knows what, but they primers do show up. Um, so you can set notifications like with graphs or midway. You can set a notification say, hey, when small pistol primers come in, I want an email, um, and they can they can do that. Now their primer prices are they're higher, like they're just. They're higher than what they used to be, so that's just kind of well, where it's at right now. Yeah, they're they're starting. You're starting to occasionally see primers where you can order more than a thousand. Also, yeah, like I think I think uh, somewhere I think Nichez or Mid South Shooters or somewhere had like no limit the other day. 
on primers, or maybe it's 5,000 limit or something, but they're still a little higher than I'm ready to pay. But we're all going to be paying that eventually if they don't come back down. Yeah. I mean, I'm wondering how many, how many, yeah, uh, who knows? I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's going to, it looks like it's going to be another year of, of really hard to get components. And most people, most people have used up their back stock, right? Like there's, most people don't have back stock left anymore. Um, so it's going to be, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. So. What do you guys, do you guys have anything, we don't have to say, we're in the off season, so what do you guys got going on besides shooting stuff? I've been playing the shit out of video games. Oh my gosh, he's a freaking 12 year old. Wow. Wow. The new, the new Call of Duty came out a few weeks ago. I've been playing the hell out of it. Good for you, Jared. That's, that's good for your, for your nerves. I'm actually... Learning to play with a keyboard and mouse also. I switched away from controller. It's really hard. Wow. But it's way better. How are you doing? Do you I, do you have a computer that can do that? No, I play on a PS4. With a keyboard and mouse? I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, well, you can on Call of Duty. I assume you can other games. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Well... Cool. Sounds uh, sounds like you've been busy, man. You're sticking to Ow. chicken and broccoli. <laughs> sticking to your diet. Uh, yeah. No. 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 I've uh, I've been quite lazy lately. I've been traveling quite a bit for work and stuff, so I've been eating out a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, I've been packing on the pounds. I'm pretty fluffy right now. The holidays. Get me every year, man. Every year. Well, the the other day uh, on a return flight for work, I had to settle on Dunkin' Donuts for dinner and lunch because I didn't have time to get lunch that day. And because my flight got delayed out of the airport I was at, I had to drive an hour and a half to a different airport to get out that night. And when I got there, the only thing open was, that was not set down, so the only place I had time to eat at, it's a Dunkin' Donuts. So, very healthy. Did you think about just fasting for that meal? I hadn't ate all day. I was hungry. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that I'll do. It's like, I mean, not right now, because I basically just eat anything I see right now. But when I'm a bit more, <laughs> uh, like, healthy, conscious, usually during the season, I, like, try to take care of myself a little better, honestly. Uh, but, yeah, it's like, if there's nothing good to eat, I just don't eat. Like your body can handle that just fine, unless you're hypoglycemic or something. I think two donuts and a black coffee were okay. Yeah. What donut? What's your donut of choice? Oh, dude, it was like six p.m. in Boston Airport. The donut selection was pretty minimal. Mm-hmm. I just picked one. I'm like, give me two of those. I don't even know what they were. They were. Like long johns with like no stuffing or anything in them and no icing. <laughs> they were pretty plain. That's called a glazed donut. No, no, they were not glazed. Was it like the the cinnamon and sugar on them? No, there was like nothing they on them. Just a they plain just like ass plain. donut. No yeah. sugar, no nothing. 
Yeah, they were not That's very That's disgusting. Good. I don't think I've ever seen a donut store with donuts with well, zero sugar on them. That makes me want to there's vomit. A reason those were the, there's, there's a reason those were the last donuts left in the cabinet, okay? Dude, I bet you the dude behind the counter licked all the frosting off of them. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> My conditioning is actually I'm on an upward trend in my conditioning because I got I'm going skiing after the first of the year, so I gotta get get in shape so I can hit those bumps. Right, uh, yeah. Yeah, Jeremy's been texting so me weird. all his freaking hardcore workouts. I, I would not say hardcore. Um like I don't hardcore I don't like, work out hardcore. You're at least consistent though. Like you're working out a lot. I am I am I am consistent with a workout, but I don't I don't do like hardcore. Uh, so yeah, I've been like, I've added like a bunch of, uh, well, I changed up my, my leg workout routine. Like basically it was a work up to failure. So like you start with like, like you do some sets with like low reps and you build your reps and you work up to failure. Uh, mm-hmm. So I've switched it to where I'm basically trying to do a slight warm up and then start it, like push myself to failure. And then basically each, each successive rep is, is fewer reps because you've, you've gone to failure. Yeah. Um, and then I've had, I've added some wall sits to that. Um, and like after you've done like jump lunges to failure and then you go try and do like a wall sit mm. and like you get like a minute in and you're just like shaking and you're like, dad gum, this yeah. is, this is tough. Um, mm. and then I've, and then I've, I, I texted Jeff this deal. So there's this kid, uh, he's, he's actually the son of a, a famous archery guy. And I say famous cause his name's Cameron Haynes. And I say famous because he's like a hunter and he has uh, his own signature shoe with Under Armour, which is kind of crazy for a guy that's just like an archery hunter. Um, and he's in like an ultra marathoner too. But anyway, his kid uh, did like, I think I sent Jeff this video. He did like like 4,500 pull-ups in like 24 hours or something like that. Actually, I think he did it in like 17 hours. Um but yeah, he was just he, wanting, he, he's, he's just he, trying to break uh, David Goggins' record. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like the pull-up re- like the world pull-up record, but it was David Goggins' record. Um, so anyway, but he made a pose like people, I guess, kind of asked him like, "How how'd you work up to do that? How'd you do all this stuff?" And basically, he he his response is like, "I did a hundred pull-ups a day every day, like, and I didn't." And he's like, "I didn't ever really do a whole lot more than that. I just did it a hundred every day." Um, and so I was like, that seems like a cool thing to do. So I was like, I texted Jeff's like, Hey, you want to do a hundred pull-ups a day to the, till the end of the year? Um, <laughs> and it sounds like Jeff is, Jeff is, has not taken that challenge on. It doesn't sound like he's been too interested in eating brisket for <laughs> Thanksgiving. Uh, I mean, I have been working out, but I, one, I don't have a good place to do pull-ups here. And, uh. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really feel like going out to the shop and doing pull-ups on my rings every day all winter. <laughs> or till the end. No, of the I year. get that. Like, I, so like that's that's totally understandable. So I mean, the way I'm doing it is like I'm doing my normal like half hour workout in the mornings, and then just throughout the day I'm doing a hundred pull-ups. Um, it's actually been kind of interesting because. Like I never get to like I'm doing like ten reps at a time, which I never get to a point where I can't do ten. Uh. Like that would be pretty at this point. That'd be pretty hard to get to where I couldn't pull, do ten. Um, but man, I've been like 
it has, I'm just more tired lately. Like I feel like it seems like this type of workout is like the workout that almost mimics like whenever I used to like work outside and like would do like actual physical labor. Yeah. And it's like this kind of, this kind of mimics that. Uh, mm. Cause when you're, when you're working outside often, you're not, you're exerting energy all day, but you're not like, you're not like lifting all day, but just kind of times throughout the day, at least if you're working on like a ranch, that's kind of my experience working on a ranch. Yeah. Um, you know, and so this, this kind of mimics that feeling. My body kind of feels like that. Um, so that's been, that's been interesting. I've only been doing it for a couple of weeks now, well, actually probably less than two weeks, but, but I've stayed consistent. Like I worked out Thanksgiving day and the day after, which the day after was harder than Thanksgiving day. Hmm. Cause I stuffed my, I stuffed myself at like i didn't we had we ate thanksgiving lunch like late like at like 2 30 or 3 o'clock or something like that um and i i stuffed myself that is, i mean it's just i haven't eaten that much food in one sitting in quite some time <laughs> that's kind of the, it was, that's the point it was like i was yeah i got to the point where i, I was eating the pie and I had like three different kinds of pies and you, you try to take a small cut of three different kinds of pie. But once you take a small piece of three and you put them all together, it ends up being a fairly decent quantity of pie. Right. And yeah. uh, I was hurt by the time I finished it. I was, I was actually in like a little bit of pain, but I was like, nope, I'm going to eat this and, and make a total glutton of myself. But that's okay. Okay. So what's y'all's like, like the weirdest thing that you eat? around thanksgiving like does your family have something strange that's like not really thanksgiving food well you guys might get this too i think it's probably a little bit of a midwest type thing but we we get like mashed potatoes and put noodles on them do you guys do what? that no <laughs> that's disgusting Golly. good god noodle like are we talking spaghetti noodles or like no, like the spiral like, like noodles. Homemade, like, no, they're like homemade like noodles. Like, you guys don't have any idea what I'm talking Dude, that's about. A, do you? That is I'll, disgusting. I'll find, a, I'll find a picture. I'll send it to the group chat. It's amazing. That sounds terrible. It's just it adding just like, like mushy goo on top of your already mashed potatoes. Yeah, is it just like, like just noodles and mashed potatoes, or is there like a a dressing or is there gravy or yeah, something yeah, on it's it? like it's, it's like it's like a kind of like a gravy dressing it's like homemade egg noodles do you not know what that is yeah i know what that is i know what egg noodles are but like here it is i don't know why you would ever put those on mashed potatoes that's oh disgusting. boy what weird thing do you have jeff man i was trying to think i, I feel like we eat pretty traditional stuff you told me you ate brisket for Thanksgiving. Yeah, we had brisket at one of them instead of turkey because my wife's family is just like, they don't do a turkey. Yeah, they just do a brisket. That's not that weird. I feel like other people probably do that. Mm, yeah, I don't know. We don't we don't really do anything that, that strange. We do, you know, we do all the, the classics, man. Sweet potatoes. Do uh, turkey usually, dressing, the cranberry sauce. That's pretty standard, right? right? Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I don't like that stuff. I don't ever eat it, but so, yeah, people something do. different. My uh, my mom made this year was a uh, she made like a I think it was like raspberry and pineapple jello ring. So it was like real fruit, mm-hmm. but it was like jello and it was in a like a bunt pan deal. I guess that's probably a jello mold, not a bunt pan, but yeah, that was a little strange, something new. But no, we definitely don't eat any, eat any damn noodles in our friggin' mashed potatoes. I just, I just sent you a picture, like what what my family makes, and they've done this as long as I can remember, both sides. So I think it's a, I think it's the Midwest thing. Oh, so it's like chicken noodle soup on top. No, of No, mashed there's no chicken. There's no chicken though. Okay, the picture you sent us has chicken in it. <laughs> it's the closest I could find in like a 10-second Google search, okay? We That's what the noodles and like the gravy looks like. We do, uh, my family does a lot of deviled eggs. We love deviled eggs. I don't know if other people do that at Thanksgiving, but. Yeah, that's pretty we, common. My wife made a whole bunch of deviled mm, eggs for Thanksgiving. Dude, freaking love deviled eggs. Yeah, what about you, Jeremy? You're all right. I don't I don't have any weird thing. Uh <coughs> this year we just went to my aunt and uncle's house. It's actually done that the last couple of years. My aunt and uncle's house and pretty traditional pretty traditional Thanksgiving. The only thing that's weird is like none of them like sweet potatoes and so we didn't have a sweet potato dish and so that was kind of weird. Um We never do. But they like the biggest tradition with them is she makes these. My aunt makes homemade hot rolls. Yeah, and my and mom does. they're so good. I ate six at lunchtime. Like, do you, oh God, do you get honey this? butter for them? No, they don't need them. Like I mean, I put butter on them, but no, like honey butter is not appropriate. <laughs> you, no, trust <laughs> me, get some honey butter for them. I look, I like honey butter, but not on these hot these hot rolls. Don't need it. That's that Dude. would be sacrilegious. Okay. Put honey butter. At least you could put it. You could put <laughs> honey butter on them for dessert after you're done eating. But while you're eating your meal, you shouldn't put honey butter on them. It kind of know, funny, funny story drinks. about uh, Thanksgiving rolls. So my wife's uh, grandparents, her uh, her grandmother always does like these homemade rolls. She's been doing them the same way for 20 years. Like all the grandkids, they know the rolls, right? Like, they're just freaking perfect. And it's like yeah. the one thing everybody wants and can't get enough of every year, right? Yep. And so, everybody shows up Same. probably like four or five years ago. Everybody shows up and she has made the rolls with wheat flour as opposed to uh, white flour. And all the great kids were like, what is this shit, Grandma? <laughs> <laughs> See, okay, that's funny because our hot rolls are made with wheat oh, really? flour. Uh, yeah, and they're awesome. They're actually, it's like, it's like a. We were asking her the recipe. It's only like a. It's mostly normal flour, and like a a, four, a fourth of the flour is wheat flour. Uh, um, but yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. She hasn't wheat, done it since, though. She has wheat, not made a single batch with wheat flour since that day. I bet not. I bet not. Man, my so it used to be my grandmother used to make the hot rolls, and I'm pretty sure I remember one year growing up, she didn't make them, 
Like she just like it, she just didn't have them. Like she just did something else. And it was I'm pretty sure it's very similar experience. <laughs> like we never had Thanksgiving or Christmas without hot rolls again. Uh, like it was, it was like you're not gonna make that yeah, mistake yeah. twice. You cannot deprive us of our hot rolls. It's classic. Those rolls are good. Hey, do y'all have okay, this might be I don't know I don't know if this is weird or not. Do y'all make the uh the grape dish with like uh cream cheese and sour cream and then you put like brown sugar and pecans on top? Wait, say that again? No. <laughs> so they're grapes. No. You take you take oh, grapes. Yes. And then yes. you mix and you mix together like cream cheese and sour cream and then put sugar in it and then it's like a dessert, but we so that's the great thing about Thanksgiving is you have all these dessert dishes that you just call side dishes and you just eat them with your with your lunch, like sweet potatoes that's covered in marshmallows and brown sugar and stuff. Like this grape dish that I'm talking about, all sugar. Uh yeah, then there's like that's that's pretty common, right? Yeah, the the grape dish, we don't have it every year, but we've definitely had it. It's a freaking good one. It is I good. Don't know. I don't know that I've ever seen it. Mm. Huh. It's it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty good. Like I say, it's I, basically a dessert. I stick to the pumpkin pie Thanksgiving, though. My grandma makes the best pumpkin pie. I actually took an entire one home for <laughs> Thanksgiving. I feel like... Yes. Like, is her pumpkin pie really that much different than anybody else's pumpkin pie? It's made by grandma, of course. Yeah, it's shut different. your filthy mouth. I mean, mouth, like it's Jeremy. sentimental to you. It's it's <laughs> sentimental to you, but I feel like the pie itself is actually very similar to most people's pumpkin pie. Grandmas make the best pumpkin pie. Everybody knows this. Jared, you can slap the shit out of him next time you see him. I give you permission. <laughs> <laughs> I was just asking. I know we make my own apple pie for Thanksgiving, but I didn't this year because my aunt had made like three other pies. So, well, my my uh, my grandma made two, as she normally does for Thanksgiving. But like half the family couldn't attend because some people had COVID and were also exposed to said COVID on that side of the family. So we ended up with like a half the normal people there. So there was twice the normal amount of pumpkin pie. And you took is that is that whole pie gone now? We're recording this less than a like we're recording this five days after Thanksgiving. Is there still any pie left? It's two pieces, and I'm going to eat them as soon as we get done with this podcast. Okay. <laughs> he likes his pie like he's like he likes his beer two at a time. <laughs> That's, that sounds about right. <laughs> so. It looks like I am headed to Idaho uh, probably three times next year. Because um, Area 1 is going to be in in Idaho. And so I think I'm going to go to that match. And then I'm going to visit my buddy Bob up in like almost the panhandle of Idaho up in Orofino. Then we're going to take the whole family and that's it'll be a fun trip. Uh, and then this is, this is the one I'm, I'm really excited about uh, is me and a, another buddy of mine um, – we're going to go on a mule deer hunt and tomorrow is actually the day we're going to try to get a te- an over-the-counter tag, which uh, Idaho is like an online first come first serve type deal. And it looks like the unit that we're going to try to go for is like probably one of the most remote places in the lower 48. And so it's full of wolves and bears, but the, I don't think, it, I think it has some grizzly bears 
Uh, I don't think there's much. There's a lot of black bears, I think, in it, but black bears don't scare me too much. Um, as long as we don't run into a grizzly bear. But that's going to be pretty exciting. Um, Heck yeah. So, yeah. Got that exciting. coming up. That should be fun. Sounds all right. My buddy said something about like hiking in like 20 miles, um, which I'm, I don't know that that's going to be because we're hoping to both have tags. So, 20 miles with like six days worth of like survival stuff to have and then try to pack out a deer with that. Like you can't do that in one trip. So then you're looking at like making that 20 mile trip over like two or three times over the span of a couple of days. Jeez. So I'm hoping that we're going to figure something out that's not 20 miles in. I'm hoping we can cut that to at least 10 or something like that. I, f- I feel like 10 or so if it's very remote. And it's going to be about as much you're going to be able to do in a day. I mean, you could, it just depends on, it just depends on the terrain. Uh, yeah. But it, it just, it just depends on the terrain. 10, 10 a pretty, I mean, hoofing it with a decent soda pack, 10 miles is a pretty good, that's a pretty good trek. Um, uh, okay. I, there are some options. There's some options to like to, uh, to pay uh, like a local, like, uh, pilot to fly you in like there's some backcountry airstrips like basically they land in a meadow and drop you off and then yeah. they come get you like six days later there's some options like that so we may look into that and see what uh what that it costs because I have no idea what that will cost so I, I can tell you about mile 60 <laughs> of walking in and out in and out it's gonna feel well worth it yeah that's kind of, I mean that's that's kind of what I'm thinking so there's there's a uh, there's an app called there's a Go Hunt app and then there's a uh, uh, I think it's what is it called Hunting Fools I can't remember but like so it it ha- one of those has a deal where it goes in and people who uh, hunted that that unit last year and like and were successful like there's like their information is down there and you can go and actually ask them questions as far as like what they what they saw what they shot like how like kind of so like they're not gonna give like oh this is the exact meadow that I went and shot this at like you're not gonna get that but they can probably at least kind of say hey yeah here's what our experience was it was you know we didn't <clears throat> we saw nothing but other hunters the first five miles and after that we felt like we were on our own or or whatever I don't I don't know say know what that's gonna be so we're hoping to be able to avail ourselves to that um, and figure out some stuff ahead of time since both of us are from Texas and we haven't tried to hunt in Idaho before. So that should be fun. And so because I'm doing that, of course, I had to build a new rifle because, of course, I can't go Mm-mm. just buy a rifle because that would be silly just to to buy something cheap that works. Um, of, course. Of, course I, uh, of course, I have to build one. And so I'm building a 280 AI and it's stupid, fa- like it's stupidly fancier than it needs to be, but like it's going to have like a carbon fiber barrel and those are cool. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Like I've already, I got a Leupold Mark Five, three point six eighteen uh, scope for it, which is scope's freaking bad, eh? Um, again, probably more than I need for that application. But I'm looking into shooting some PRS stuff, which I think is gonna be fun. Um, and what I can tell, I'm sure there's some of our listeners that shoot PRS. Uh, PRS is kind of like USPSA, but for precision rifle. Um, 
is yeah. kind of what it seems like you have like stages and it's you kind of got to they basically give you a problem that you have to solve like you have these targets and this is what you have to yeah. shoot off of is what it seems like i don't i haven't ever shot one but that's what kind of what it seems like um and they have it for like rimfire stuff and NRL, so, yeah i have shot nrl 22 which is like the, the rimfire stuff yeah, the NRL 22 looks freaking awesome. Uh, and then there's a like, apparently there's an NRL X 22 or a 22X. And so, like, at that, like, they're putting, like, steel out to, like, 500 yards to shoot with a 22 long rifle. Yeah. So, the one I shot, they, uh, NRL has, like, postal stages, I guess, mm-hmm. or, or, like, a postal match. So, every month, it's, like, these are the stages that you shoot. And then the club that's over here also does like their own couple of additional stages. Yeah. And I think when I shot, I think we shot out to like 350 yards and even like an 18 inch round steel plate with a 22 long rifle at 300 yards is not easy to hit. So I pretty, sh- so, I mean, I could be wrong with this. And if we have any ballisticians listening, they want to correct me, please do. Uh, I'm pretty sure that your holdover with like a 22 long rifle at like 300 or 350 yards is the equivalent of your holdover with a 308 at a thousand yards. I wouldn't be surprised. It was several mil. I don't remember what it was or bills. I don't know. I was borrowing somebody else's rifle and they just told me what to dial it to. <laughs> That's handy. So, it made it way easier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> When you shoot that target, turn it till it has 18 right here. When you shoot that target, turn it back to 12. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So I'm like, I, I do want to, to get, so Ruger makes like a, a precision rifle in a 22, um, which is a pretty neat little gun. I'm Sasquatch sitting here shaking his head. Like, no, that's a piece of crap. I'm sure there's a CZ <laughs> gun that he says is better. Uh, <coughs> is it cheaper? Uh, no, that's why it's better. How much is it? How much? What do y'all have and how much is it? Well, it depends how fancy you want to go. If you want to go kind of pretty basic but good enough for it and your kids could also shoot it, like a 457 at one, I, don't, I think they're like 600 bucks MSRP or something like that. That's not bad. And then if you want to go like really nice, you could get one with a manor stock on it for like 1200 bucks, I think, or 1400 bucks. I don't remember. Why is that gonna be better than the uh, Bagara? That's like nine hundred bucks. Carbon fiber. It has you, the CZ has a carbon fiber barrel. No, the stock. It's a Manor stock. I'm pretty sure the Bagara is in a similar stock. But it's not a Manor stock. Yeah, I don't want a Manor's. I like Gray Boy. So I'm sure they probably make a stock. I don't. I don't know if they make one for four fifty seven, but they probably do. Uh, no, the Bagheera is a pretty nice rifle, too. Yeah, my brother got one. Uh, the problem is, so this I've gone down this road of, like, building a precision rifle, even though it's just for hunting. Um, and then, so, like, I'm starting to look at all, the, like, the reloading stuff. Dude, these precision rifle people are freaking nuts. Like, mm-hmm. like they're, they're freaking nuts, man. Um, like, they're, like, they're... Like if you're gonna anneal your brass, which they say you've got to anneal your brass every time. Like if you like if you're gonna really, really, really make really, really precision ammo, and like you need to anneal your brass every time. Uh, and then there's these big arguments: can you use just a torch and do it, or whatever? But if you want to do it right, you need an amp annealer. Well, that's fifteen hundred freaking dollars just to anneal your brass. It's like, well, that's dumb. Uh, and if you're gonna 
Like they gotta, you gotta throw your powder, like get away and throw your powder charge for every round. Um, again, this is like the super precision people. Some people load really, really consistent stuff on a Dylan, but the like, y'all want to know how much like the like the top of the line powder thrower costs? That's a couple thousand dollars, probably from Area Four Nineteen. No, no, no. There's a Promethean or Prometheus or something like that, and it's like four thousand dollars or five thousand dollars. <laughs> Why? It's like ridiculous. Because it's like it's like your science like your most like best science scales that are like perfect, like perfectly balanced, like and it like will throw the exact same powder like within, I don't know, like five hundredths every time or something like that. But if you're gonna weigh it anyway. No, you like you just hit a button and six seconds or seven seconds later, depending on your charge, it comes out and it's exactly the same every yeah. time. Whereas you can buy like a RCBS Charge Master and like there's those are like anywhere from like 300 to 500. They've got a couple different models, I think. Um, those, it'll weigh it. Their scale isn't as accurate, but their trickler will also isn't quite as accurate either. So sometimes like it overcharges. So then you have to like go in like with tweezers and pull some <laughs> kernels of powder out, which seems crazy. Uh, like, like it seems nuts. Uh, but it also takes like twice as long. Like it's, so those take like 13, like if the Promethean takes eight seconds or six seconds to do it, the RCBS charge master would take like 13 or 14 seconds. But uh, how many rounds it. are you loading? Uh, I mean, so like these guys, like if you're, if they're going like to an F class match, like they're like at a hundred rounds for that. So then if they're going to practice ahead of time and stuff, I mean, so they're loading, I mean, decent, they're not just loading 20 think, rounds to go hunting with. I think the really serious guys shoot like a couple thousand rounds a year through their main guns. And then they also will have like training guns and like yeah. 223 and stuff that they'll shoot. Hmm. Yeah. It's uh, it, it appears to be a very expensive game. I mean, <laughs> it, yes, it, I mean, it is, but like USPSA shooters can't, like I have two automated 1050s. I can't say, a, <laughs> I, I can't like just be like, oh yeah, that's, you guys are just ridiculous. Y'all spend too much on that. your guns. I can on say your, that. On all your stuff. Like you I mean, can say that. It's probably comparable to shooting like open. If you're like really serious yeah. at open and you're really serious at PRS, it's probably very similar. Yeah, I would I would say so. I mean, like the it's it's just a different it's just a different kind of serious. Whereas, like yeah. I mean, like our ammo, we we really just want we want good enough and volume, and yeah. and f as fast as I can get it is like it's where I'm at. <laughs> like I want it as fast as I can get it, and I want it to be good enough. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's why I loaded twenty one hundred rounds an hour instead of fifteen hundred. Yeah, it's faster. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. better. It's faster. Yeah, um, and I'll load faster than that if I possibly can. Um, so yeah, it's it's a fun. It's a fun. I mean, it's it's a fun. I mean, I'm a gear junkie, so it's a fun road to go down. So I've I've enjoyed that. Um, and anybody that like, if I've said anything wrong or anything stupid. Like, please, like, text us and tell us that I'm an idiot because, like, this is all coming from, like, I'm researching stuff on YouTube and forums and you know how stupid people are on those those things. So, I'm taking all this with a grain of salt. Uh, so, you can you can text in and say I'm dumb and you can tell me, no, just load it on your 650 and you'll be fine. Uh, but, 
So we'll, we'll slowly keep people up to date. I've got everything for my rifle in except my barrel. So my barrel is going to be in like January sometime. And I don't have dies yet to reload, so I can't load anything until I get dies. But I'll keep everybody up yeah, to date. that would be an interesting uh, endeavor. Yeah, it's fun. There was a guy. Fun. I've been watching mule deer hunting every morning. There was morning. a guy here in Oklahoma. I think he lived in Woodward that started like a a custom precision rifle ammo company. I think it was called Clay's or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Clay's Precision Ammo, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I used to work with a guy that lived uh, in like BFE, Oklahoma, kind of like where you live, Jeremy, and uh, where it's just like flat, there's nothing <laughs> out there. And a guy he grew up with started like a precision rifle. Like, I guess you send him your, your rifle ammo or your rifle information and he like custom makes ammunition for it. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool for the. That'd be cool for the guys that don't want to, uh, that don't want to reload, uh, but they want better than just factory yeah. stuff. Um yeah, that would be that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I've been so I've been watching uh, mule deer hunting every morning with my kid, and so now he's he wants to go shoot the butts. He doesn't quite recognize there's a difference between buck with a K and butt with a T. So, so he wants to go shoot the butts um, with a T. But he's three, so he'll, he'll he'll get that figured out. I, I'm trying there. to. Yeah, I'm trying to convince him to go rabbit hunting with me because um, he really wants to go hunting and shoot a deer because we've watched that. And so I said, well, hey, we've got rabbit. We, like by property, I've got some like cottontails. Like, well, we go shoot a, a rabbit and we'll cook that. I'll make some like rabbit and dumpling stew or something, right? He's like, but the rabbits hop. I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, uh, he, might be too, he might be too young to right. go to go watch me slay a rabbit. I don't know if that's going to work out with him or not yet. I know. Dude, this is this is how my kid guilts me. So like I freaking hate spiders. Um I'm not oh, a fan. A story. And uh yeah, anytime and we have a lot of spiders here at the house and anytime I kill one, my little girl like goes into like pouting mode and she's like he just wanted to get home to his mommy. <laughs> like, oh my God. No, no, he didn't. Yeah. She does it with flies too. Like she'll like go stand by the flies, little dead crunched body. She's like, he was just trying to get home to his mommy. <laughs> oh my gosh. My kid, he goes hunting flies. Like he's like, I want to hunt those things. And y'all know the scene in uh lion King, the animated where the, uh, Simba, as a little cub, like, growls at the bugs. Yeah. Declan will go up to, like, a fly or something like the wall and just he'll roar at it because just like that. But he came up to me last week and uh, he's like, Dad, I caught a bug. And he had a a clean – he had a tissue that he had picked it up with. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I didn't think about a whole lot about it. I was like, I better look at this bug and see what he actually caught. And so I look at it and open it up. You want to guess what's inside that freaking thing? A black freaking widow. Oh my gosh. He had freaking squashed a black widow 
in his hands with a freaking Kleenex is like, okay, we need to have uh, an exterminator come out and spray for spiders because uh, right, yeah. that's not so good. <laughs> At least he didn't use yeah, his, hand, so his bare hand is all I can say. Right, yeah. Just grab it. Oh, that freaked me out a little bit, but all right, boys, that's been a good one. Uh, we talked long enough. I thought it's been a while since we've gotten to sit down and talk. So has been good. listeners. Uh, we need questions. Um, we don't have a whole lot going on shooting wise this time of year. So if you have any questions about training or anything like that, uh, or, or whatever, uh, please send us questions. We would appreciate that. I do need to make a correction. I was corrected. I think it was on Instagram. We have, there are two listeners in, crap, Finland, <laughs> Norway. No. Norway. 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 It was Norway. Kaiser ISP, IPSC. I think it was Kaiser IPSC, I think was his username. Uh, there's two listeners. I think I, in the last podcast, I said there was just one over there. We have two over there. Uh, and that he says they like, as soon as one episode drops, like they listen and they start texting each other about it, which is awesome. Um, so we have at least two. If there's a third one, send me a message so that we know that there's a third one and we'll give you a shout out too. Uh, we'll give pretty much, actually almost anybody, if you want to send us a message, we'll pretty much give you a shout out on the podcast unless you say something dumb. That's true. Well, yeah. One of, the, uh, one of the guys that messaged me wanting to try out the app was from like, Slovenia or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Like world famous. All right. Uh, at some point, we will probably discuss Howler monkeys, but we didn't get to it for yeah, this I was, podcast. Yeah, I was wondering if, so if we were going to... That'll probably that'll probably come up at some point. Touch on that, but I'm okay with not. I mean, we kind of talked about it last time and... Not a lot has happened, other, but yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll get into it. It's just going to get more interesting, so y'all just wait. Yeah, it's true. I haven't yeah. paid that much attention to the internet lately on it either, so I need to get caught up. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, so. All right. Peace. Thanks, everybody. Oh, stop recording, damn it. <laughs>